Hi there. Welcome back. It's Faith. Remember me? Of course you do, because I'm the one bringing you Realm's topics for anyone who likes their podcast exciting and action-packed. Last time we joined Lucan and Vin as they careened into Marigold Breach. And Lucan is just as curious about where this is all going as we are. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Hello, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and also to explain why you might hear ads like this before, during, or even after an episode. We're a small but mighty team here at Realm and to help fund our shows, we promote products or services that we think you'd enjoy from a variety of sponsors. If any of our ads interest you, one of the best ways to support us is by visiting the link or using the promo code in the ad. It's pretty much a win-win since you can get some great deals and we can keep making awesome shows like this one. You can also visit realm.fm partners for more information about our sponsors and how to access the different promotions. Thanks again for joining us in our corner of the universe. Listen away. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, before we get into it, I want to take a minute to mention creator Joel Dane. Joel is everything this project needs. He's written over 20 books across genres and has also written for film and TV. Plus, he grew up in a military family, so when it comes to war stories, he's really got us covered. You'll even get to hear from him directly later this season. But I know how hard it is to wait, so I will let you go. I'm your host, Faith McQuinn, and this is Miracle Breach, Episode 2. Good night, Lucan. <sighs> the sky is a pale shade of goldenrod, and the sun's a white disk. Forks of lightning glow above the horizon like cracks in the atmosphere. The colors don't surprise me, but how can lightning hang there in suspended animation? Beautifully. Oh, uh... This isn't a dream. You're slowing my sense of time again. So you can see more clearly. Sure, but what exactly am I- Hush, Lucan. Now look. Tell me what you see. We're standing outside on some kind of terrace, staring at the sky. And, uh, hey, I- I'm, s- I'm still not wearing protective gear or a breathing veil. Oh. Because there's plenty of oxygen here. A lightning storm across an alien sky. Can you feel that? Did you sleepwalk me here? You melt or you commandeered my body for sightseeing? Well, you needed the rest. Where are we? Shh. No. I override Ven and return my time sense to normal. A dozen flashes chase each other across the goldenrod sky, thunder cracks like artillery. Situation report. Just look, adjunct. 
Lower down, at the valley stretching ten kims in front of us. At that? A hellscape of charred war machines and grey ash? Broken spider drones, cracked plank tanks, it's a graveyard. <sighs> Lucan, conforming your colour perception to compensate for sun and canopy shift. The world brightens. A thousand blurred shapes snap into focus and a hundred shades of green appear. Olive shrubs on the mountainside, emerald crops covering terraced hills, fruit trees and vine trellises shivering in the breeze. This isn't a graveyard. It's a garden. What do they call it? The homestead. Holy Sanso. Where are we? They call themselves homesteaders, the civilians. People work in the fields, wearing a patchwork of tattered military uniforms and home-fabbed fabric. Spidery bots pick delicately among crops, testing soil, turning fruit. A middle-aged couple haul a load of brush on an air pallet, and a handful of women stroll along walkways over the seaweed tanks. They're farmers. And builders. No. No, this is a setup. It has to be. I can practically feel the crosshairs on my chest. You're panicking. So narc me. Just breathe, darling. It's it's too good to be true. It's it's too good to be real. Orient yourself, adjunct. Okay. You need context. I connected to a children's education program. This will help. Thousands of years ago, the grandmothers discovered Elam, a golden planet orbiting a red dwarf star. Earth compatibility score, 97.1%. Terraforming drones showered Elam with life-giving rain. A trillion trillion tiny bots, nanites and bacterioids exhaled oxygen and scattered rich black soil. The terraforming carved thousands of valleys across the planet's surface. It covered them with smart vapor canopies, like blankets keeping the lowlands warm and breathable. Those became the seabeds of our future home. Life flourished in the valleys just in time for our grandmother's arrival. Their sleeper ships appeared, led by the tourist ship Station. After slumbering for a thousand years, the grandmothers awoke to settle the valleys and to spread the terraforming across the rest of the planet. Spread the terraforming across the rest of the planet. However, events did not proceed according to plan. What happened? Civil war, I think, which arrested or reversed the terrafixing. You think? Well, this is based on a kiddie module, Lucan. The only habitable zones on the planet, I think, are 17 or 18,000 kims of valleys. The surface itself is oxygen-starved and subject to electrical storms that make long-range comms impossible. You mean the lightning? Well, during the war, the combatants saturated the atmosphere with metallic nanites. Some fell to the planet's surface, like the dust at that crash site, but most remain airborne. Wait, they weaponized nanotech? Yes. Uh... I don't remember much, but isn't that a war crime? According to my databases, yes. Solar winds now charge the defunct particles. The electrical storms provide a convenient source of energy, but make venturing beyond the harvesters foolhardy outside of Faraday cages. So the valley is ringed with lightning harvesters? Exactly. And the homesteaders place portable ones at the crash site. Huh. The only habitable area on the planet is a global network of valleys. 
The colonists literally live in the cracks. Most of them, yes. Oh, right. Not the Scrubjacks, not us. And there are other factions, independent settlements called reef towns, hermetics. They live in the cracks, which they transformed into gardens. Indeed. Feeling better? Yeah. I thought you might be. You're so smug. Well, perhaps I'm simply good at my job. Except for the whole blanking our memory thing. Who are we? I mean, other than a scrubjack with a military-grade AI in his head. Or a military-grade AI with a scrubjack for a body. Ha, funny. A breeze ruffles across the valley. Leaves flutter, ponds shimmer, and a memory ripples beneath the surface of my mind. Shapeless and fleeting. Did you feel that? Yes. We used to talk about this. About moving to a cottage in, in, in a meadow with a view of the sky, the two of us, living small, quiet, together, after everything settled down. Yes. But I can't remember what everything was. Whatever we did as scrubjacks, I guess? Very likely. We... we joke about it. A cottage in the meadow. <sighs> I don't recall. But you feel my memory. Yes. Except we weren't joking, were we? We were, we were dreaming. We wanted out of, out of all that. And look at us. Look at us now. We're, we're here. It's still a dream, Lucan. But why? Whoever we were, whatever we were, that's a door best kept closed. This forgetting is a gift. It's a chance to leave our old selves behind. What did I say at the crash site? Just before we didn't kill that guy? You said... We don't do this anymore. Soldiers, scrubjacks, is that all we are? We, we don't build anything, we don't grow anything, we just fight? No, no, fuck that. We can walk away, we can start again. This is our cottage, this is our meadow, and this is our sky, Then Here. Now. We're not farmers. We'll learn. We'll start over. Surrounded by all of this, the river, the greenhouse, let's join them if they'll take us, these homesteaders. We'll convince them. We'll show them we're worth more than just... I'm muting your reaction to losing your memory. That's why you don't care about remembering. Good. Great. Burn my memories. I, I, I don't care. I don't, I don't want to feel any of those feelings. I want to move on. Well, we can't. Yes, we can. We left something behind. What? What does that mean? means that we left something behind, Lucan. What? What did we leave behind? I don't want to tell you. What the Gehen are you talking about, Ven? You, you don't you don't want to tell me? Who, who else is there? <sighs> there is more to this than is readily apparent. Well, if it's in the past, I don't care. Fuck what's behind us, Ven. Look at this valley. We'll show these people we're not scrubjacks anymore. We're not just trigger pullers. We're, we're some kind of... We don't know the homesteaders. We know what they built. Look... Look at them walking together, working together, turning a desert into a home. Yes. This is our dream, handed to us on a platter, a cottage, a meadow, this endless golden sky, the, the leaves fluttering, the stream babbling, the scent of lavender, the taste of beechwood honey, and- Unidentified personnel approaching. What?
This episode of Epic is brought to you by Wild Grain. I want you to take a moment and imagine the smell of fresh baked sourdough bread filling your house. Or maybe it's croissants, if that's more to your liking. Now, what if I told you that you could get this delicious experience without covering yourself in flour and without leaving your house? Well, you can if you order from Wild Grain. What's Wild Grain? Well, it is the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box. You get sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and pastries that go from your freezer to your oven and ready to serve in 25 minutes or less. I just got my first box and it had three different sourdough loaves, biscuits, croissants, and two different kinds of pasta. I made the orange cranberry biscuits right away and I cannot tell you how wonderful my house smelled and they tasted even better. Scallops and Wild Grains Fresh Fettuccine is on the menu for this week, and I plan to pair it with the olive oil ciabatta loaf. (sighs) Doesn't that sound so good? If you're a carb lover like me, and you want good carbs, free of preservatives and artificial colors and flavors, then you'll want to get a subscription right away. And now you can fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com epic to start your subscription. You heard me, free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com epic. That's wildgrain.com slash E-P-I-C. Or you can use promo code EPIC at checkout. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. The attacker is female presenting, bulky built, clumsy looking with oversized orange iridescent eyes. Her skin is light red and deeply cracked, like bark shedding from a tree trunk. Also, she's swinging a case stick at my head. Step inside and fracture the hostile's eye socket with an elbow strike. I'm streaming the optimal angles now. Consult backup solutions if her bark skin proves impact resistant. Hold on, her case stick's not even loaded with a shock charge. Some civilian is swinging a lightweight club at me. Not that lightweight. Deflect it with your forearm. And crush her throat by reflex? No, 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 I I don't think so. Ah, that sucking hurts. The woman's stronger than she looks, but she's not trained. I put her in a brief joint lock and take the stick away. I don't disable her, though. We aren't fighting these people. We're befriending them. Well, they are fighting us. 
Except they're not. Look at her standing there, arms dangling, glaring at me with those iridescent eyes. <sighs> well, that's settled. Ah, what the fuck? Are you hurt? Yeah, you melter, you just hit me. I didn't know you were so fragile. Uh, what's settled? They're talking in circles inside. Everyone asking, is he a threat? Is he a friend? Is he a threat? I hate that dithery shit, so I decided to check. By jumping me with a case stick to see if I'd hurt you? Obviously. It just happened. You were there. Yeah, I remember. You saved our lives at the crash site. Put your weapons down. So clearly, you're not a danger. And I was right. No harm done. Except to my head. Stop whining. So, you're Lucan. Yeah, yeah. I'm Izzy. Give me my baton. No. I'm not going to hit you again. Don't be a baby. Where'd you even get a case stick? That's serious hardware. A crash site a few years ago. I like free stuff. I've got a whole collection. I used to be a physician. Let me check if you're bleeding. She's toxic. Her skin is concentrating atmospheric biotoxins I cannot identify. Stay back. What's the problem? Your skin. It's not catching. Don't tell her you know it's toxic. Keep my existence secret. Is it safe? Oh, right. I forgot you don't know anything. Hester told our medics to check your brain. They say your memory blanked? Yeah. Well, the air is full of native microbes, right? Which are toxic to unadapted lungs. Don't worry, though. Scrubjacks vaccinate. But inoculation kills native life, which homesteaders avoid because we're guests on this planet. Instead, we let Elam colonize us the way we're colonizing her. We altered her germline generations ago, and we're still, um, experimenting. I sequester incompatible microbes in my skin to release later. You tweak your biology to integrate with the ecosphere? You homesteaders are physically adapting yourselves to an alien planet? I'm like you scrubjack melt holes. You want to change the planet to suit yourselves instead of the other way around. I took things a little farther than most is all. That's why... <sighs> Shit, my palmy. I should take this. Yeah, that's fine. Elishiva? I didn't authorize you visiting him. He's a scrub, Jack, is he? And you greeted him with a case stick? The caller's on a job site in the valley, within a kim of us. Yeah? You assaulted him! What if he defended himself? Then I'd be bleeding. He saved Mir and Sadia and Odile and everyone. He's not the same person he was. Perhaps, but the scrubjack base is still ominously close and, and you're sharing this with him, aren't you? Why wouldn't I? <sighs> then why don't you introduce us? You should be here yourself instead of fucking off to a construction site. Sri Lukan, this is Rosh Elishiva. Just Elishiva. Welcome to our home. Thank you. Well, this is awkward. We owe you a debt, and so far we've repaid you with rudeness. Suggest me an approach, then. To achieve what end? To ingratiate ourselves. So they'll let us stay in a cottage on a meadow. <sighs> Lucan. Why don't you just tell me? What did we leave behind? We lost everything except our fondest second dreams. What's more important than that? This isn't the time. Oh, you adapt, and so far we've repaid you with bruteness. You dragged me away from that crash site, Elishiva. As far as I'm concerned, we're even. It's kind of you to see. You're out of bed earlier than we expected. I hope to welcome you in person to ask about your plans and your 
incapacitation. She means your broken brain. Our medics examined you while you were unconscious, without your consent, for which we apologize. Well, I was unconscious. What did they find? The scans confirmed your memory loss, but couldn't identify a cause. Then, they didn't find you? They didn't even recognize the possibility of my existence. Huh. Possibly trauma-related. But that's a guess, not a diagnosis. Lamb! Don't! Just... I need to handle this. May I leave you to Izzy for a time? She means well. Usually. <laughs> That's fine. She wants me to fill you in, but I don't know shit. Well, I guess that's more than you know. You got any questions other than boohoo, how come my head hurts so much? You're at 2533. Ask if your memory will recover. It won't. You're suppressing it. Still, the question is a natural one. It's always wondering what we left behind. You know, this secret you're keeping? We will talk about it later. We'll talk now. You are hardly in the right frame of mind. Just do it. Phrase your request as a command. Force me to obey. <sighs> you know, I won't do that. Just like you wouldn't do it to me. We bicker, we plead, but we don't command. <laughs> Fine. We'll talk later then. Will I get my memory back? The medics can't tell. Odile says they might learn more from the Marigold capsule, but there are no guarantees. Who's Odile? Someone you don't know. That doesn't narrow it down, is he? What were you standing over there for anyway? Staring out at the valley. You didn't move for ten minutes before I came in. I'm a little woozy. And someone hijacked me like a cheap transport to keep it the scenery. Tell her the valley is beautiful. The valley is beautiful? If you're into that kind of thing. Not a fan of beauty? Look at my face. What do you think? Smells nice, though. Agree with her. Yeah. I used to know all about that. Conforming agricultural microbiota and stuff. What changed since then? <clears throat> you're now at 2433. What the Gehenna? I'm just, I'm just standing here. Yet your condition is deteriorating. I feel fine. What's, what's happening? I'm transitioning you into a mediated slumber to prevent deterioration. What? Right, right now? Running diagnostics. Checking for inoculation updates. Inoculation? We're being poisoned by alien microbes? Ah, uh, uh, I need to lie down. That little bump on the head? Yeah, I, uh... When I sway backwards, Izzy grabs my arm. Her fingers are as red and cracked as her face, and her grip is a vice. You've got a skull like an eggshell. <sighs> okay, I I'm okay. I'm not okay. System malfunction. Ven, stand down. Uh, wait, just, just wait. Compatibility error. Mandatory system shutdown in 14, 13. The terrace 12. tilts as Izzy leads me inside. A curtain tickles my face and the bedroom beyond is a blur. Eleven. What's happening? Vent. Ten. Vent. Nine. Eight. I'm putting you to sleep. Seven. What are you doing? Uh, Shit. Six. I remember a pale goldenrod sky and the white disk of a sun. I remember forks of lightning spreading like cracks in the world. Three. Then darkness seeps through two, them and swallows everything. One. System malfunction. 
I do love some great world building. It makes you feel like you're right there with the characters, facing the threat of death and dismemberment. It's so good. Not the death and dismemberment part, but you know know what I mean. Make sure to join me next time for episode three and another peek behind the scenes of Marigold Breach. You're listening to Marigold Breach, starring Jamila Jamil and Manny Jacinto. Marigold Breach is a Realm original production. Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Marigold Breach is a Realm original production, created and written by Joel Dane. Produced by Diana M. Foe, Fred Greenhalgh, and Haley Wagreich. Directed by Fred Greenhalgh. Executive produced by Molly Barton and Marcy Wiseman. Executive producers Jamila Jamil and Manny Jacinto. Starring Jamila Jamil as Ven, Manny Jacinto as Lucan, Sarah Fazal as Hester, Stephanie She as Tribune Munka. Amin El-Gamal as Sadia, Tiana Camacho as Izzy, Malik Berger as Alishiva, Rupert Degas as Documentarian, Soldier, and Scrubjacks, Nikki Endress as Odile and Gigi Keen, and Mary Westbrook as Commander Bonavent. Additional voices by the cast. Directed by Fred Greenhalgh. Audio editing, sound design, and mixing by Rory O'Shea. Original score and composition by Arun Groman. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Find more shows like Marigold Breach by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm. Epic is produced by Mary Asadolahi and Haley Wagreich. Associate produced by Nicole Kreuter and Alexis Latshaw. Executive produced by Molly Barton and Marcy Wiseman. Hosted by Faith McQuinn. Audio editing and original theme by Sam Bagala. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Find more shows like Epic by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm. <laughs>